Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Quickest hundred minutes of sports talk radio. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Moranzi. Mike Tenier will join us from the New York Times. Rick Saratella, NFL Drop Bible. We've got George Kurtz right now. We'll get to baseball in a couple of moments. We'll get to NFL with uh, with George as well. But let's blast through these series right now. We can let everybody know the Dodgers just did win 13-4. to uh, Dodgers uh, Dodgers starting to uh, heat up a little bit right now. This is the best streak of the season that they're on uh, right now so far. But we'll get back to that as far as the National Hockey League is concerned. We're down to the Elite Eight uh, right now, an unpredictable eight uh, at that. So the Toronto Maple Leafs are now minus 180 series favorites over the Florida Panthers. George, what do you say? Leafs in six, Leafs in five, Leafs in seven. What's your prediction? I don't think it'll be easy. I don't think it's going to be five. I think I'm going to go Leafs and six here. I think they are the better team. I think they're feeling it. Uh, I, boy, if Florida had a better goaltender game, I feel like it could go seven. But I don't trust Bobrovsky. He usually comes up small here. Leafs and six. I think the Leafs win the series in six uh, as well. We'll get into the series handicaps, but that's why I'm going over the predictions here. Uh, the Seattle Kraken and the Dallas Stars. So the Kraken. There was something about the Kraken matching up well with the Colorado Avalanche. We talked about it. Like, they, they'd they beaten them two of the three times that they played. The game that they lost, they lost in a shootout. Going back to last year, even, they split with, uh, with them. Like, they matched up well uh, with them. And it's bizarre world because, like, the Seattle Kraken were, like, 0-6 against the Vancouver Canucks. Right? So, you know, hockey can be strange uh, like that. I personally think Dallas, and you and I agreed earlier on the TV show with Cam um, on Game Time Decisions, weekdays at 6 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific, Series 6, M Channel 159, Sports Grid uh, Television Networks, and all your uh, TV apps and everything else. But we talked about the Dallas Stars being a legitimate threat. Everybody's talking about the Edmonton Oilers, but the Dallas Stars have veteran guys that have won before. They've got great goaltending. They play playoff-style hockey, and uh, they're just a damn good hockey team. And Seattle have not had the same success, George, against Dallas as they had against Colorado. They did beat them the last time that they played in uh, in overtime, 5-4 on March 21st. But they have played six times. Dallas have beaten them uh, four of the six and three of the last four times that they played. Yeah, I mean, you already said it there. Uh, I like Dallas a lot. I think they are going to win this series. I think it's going to be them and Edmonton in the next round uh, for the Western Conference Finals here. I assume Pavelski will be healthy. 
uh, for this. Uh, I think he would have played. I think he would have played Game Seven for uh, against Minnesota if it got that far. But they, I think, wisely held him out there. I think. Listen, this is nothing against Seattle. I think they will skate hard and make Dallas earn it, earn every bit of it. I do not think it'll be a high-scoring series, but I go also have Dallas in six as well. Yeah, I feel this is a six-game series. Um, and we're probably crazy for saying six, six here. When all these series always go seven, but. One thing we'll note, which is strange, because I feel the same way, that you'd figure, okay, it's going to be a low-scoring series. They've actually played three straight overs, and four of the six games have gone over, but let's discount last year. Looking at this year, they have played three times, and it was 4-3, 5-2, and 5-4. Dallas won 4-3 March 11th. Dallas won 5-2 March 13th. And then they played against March 21st. So it's actually interesting, George, that they played three times and pretty recently, like in within the last three weeks type of deal. That's very strange. Yeah, there was a lot of strange scheduling in the NHL that happened. Right? Teams playing each other back-to-back late, uh, which we don't usually see here. I said, I think Seattle's an interesting team because when you look at their lines, a one to four, there's no one you're worried about on the team. There's no one, oh, we got to stop this guy, stop that guy. They, they just roll lines out there and skate, and skate, skate, and make it work for it. But uh, I just like everything about Dallas here. I think their defense is better, their offense is better, and I know Ettinger's better, although – Hey, Grubauer played fantastic against Colorado. He'll have to do so again for Seattle to have any chance. Uh, shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates. I am Gabriel Morancy, kicking it uh, here with George Kurtz. So, I, you know, George, I think this could be a trap. Everyone's going to run to the window to bet the uh, the under of this game with Dallas and Seattle, uh, thinking, wow, there's not going to be goals. And I tell you what, over five and a half is plus money at plus one hundred. I like betting unders in the playoffs, George. I was on the under tonight in the Ranger game, in the Devil game, but I was also on the Rangers, I can't lie. But I'll tell you what, I'm not ready to pull the trigger on under five and a half. I think it could be a big trap here. I had the same bet you had tonight in the uh, Rangers. Uh, boy, still, I'm still surprised the Rangers lost. I know I shouldn't be, but I'm still surprised there. I think you're right. And Seattle all, all year long, by the way, has been great for the overs. It's the playoffs where they, they've just clamped things down the playoffs. I think it's what, what the biggest surprise to me with them beating Colorado is that they were able to clamp down on Colorado's offense. Maybe it was a little easier because Colorado's pretty much a one-line team. Uh, you know, McKinnon and Rantanen, Dallas can throw two at you. We'll see what they can do. And for the love of God, I would like to see what happens when Seattle does, doesn't score the first goal. They scored the first goal in all seven games against Colorado. So updated numbers uh, right now for game one. Toronto Maple Leafs minus 162. Don't quote me on this, and I shouldn't say that because, you know, we're here to be quoted, but I'm pretty sure, and I'll confirm, actually, I'll confirm, but I'm pretty sure the the Leafs are now 2-5 and five, their last seven game ones. I personally think that teams that go seven games are a fade the next game in game one. I think it's like a different matchup. It's a new team you're playing, and it throws teams off a little bit. And the Florida Panthers and the Boston the like the Bruins and the Leafs, their opponents are completely different. It looks like our band is back. I kind of like where you're going with that. All right, George Kurtz kicking with us. We got Mike Tenier is going to step up and in. Rick Saratella, level three. A lot of NFL talk. We'll get George's thoughts on the NFL schedule and draft and more. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. 
by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. You tell that son of a bitch no Yankee is ever coming to Houston. Not as long as you bastards are running things. And, uh, uh, speak up, George. I can't hear you. You tell that son of a bitch no Yankee is ever coming to Houston. Not as long as you bastards are running things. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Moransi. The New York Yankees now find themselves eight and a half games back. Hard to believe. That's all. You know, that's they're eight and a half games back this early in the season. I don't know if it's fully their fault, considering the Tampa Bay Rays right now have a 23 and six record. George Kurtz uh, joins us. So George, tough loss for the Yankees uh, tonight. They had a two nothing lead all night tonight. They end up losing a game three two. We did cash the under eight and a half in this game, uh, but the fourth loss in a row for the Yankees, not to mention Aaron Judge is put on the injured reserve list, and uh, they're now three and seven in their last 10 games, and they've lost four straight, and they're in stone cold last place in a division right now. It's not going to get any better, all right? Uh, they play Cleveland for the next two, and they get Bieber on Wednesday. Anybody think uh, Clark Schmidt's going to beat Bieber? All right, so that's a loss. Cole may maybe get a W tomorrow. Then they play Tampa for three. And even when the Yankees are playing well, they don't beat Tampa Bay. Uh, then they do get Oakland for three. Should take care of business there. Maybe maybe get two out of three. Then they play Tampa for, for four again. And then they go to Toronto for four. All right? And the Yankees could be in a lot of trouble by mid-May. Eight and a half may seem like a long time ago if they don't fix things quickly. And none of them. Listen, Judge could be back next Monday. Bader, I mean, listen, if you think Bader's going to solve their problems, he's probably back this weekend. I, I mean, I don't see how. Good defensive player, not really much of a hitter. Stanton's not coming back this month. You know, Donaldson, probably not. And the, those guys were never considered saviors anyway. This offense is in a lot of trouble, and it was when the season started. This offense is, was always built on the home run. They have to hit home runs, and they don't have any home run hitters right now. So I know some... And 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 New York and in the media are going off about Aaron Boone this and Cashman that Cashman gets the extension and about Hal Steinbrenner. Do you blame who's to blame right now? Is there anyone to blame? I mean, we're a month into the season. They're fifteen and fifteen. I get things are sort of 
Things are magnified in the New York market, specifically when it comes to the New York Yankees. But they are 15 and 15. They can't help what the Tampa Bay Rays have done. But I do think it's a little preposterous to talk about firing Aaron Boone right now. What do you think? Once again, as I said before about Boone, uh, he's just a figurehead. All right? The Yankees are an analytical team. That department runs the team. All Boone does, all they want him to do is talk to the media and the clubhouse. Everything else, he's told what to do. He's not setting the lineup. He's, he's told what lineup to put out there. Yes, he makes in-game moves. And, yeah, it probably didn't work out tonight well at all. Although I wouldn't kill him for taking out uh, Domingo Herman. Said it on Twitter. I wouldn't have done it. And I, this is for our first guessing. I wouldn't have taken out Herman, but I wasn't killing him for doing it. Uh, it just didn't work out here. But, you know, it's like the commissioner of football. We're all going to yell at Goodell or yell at Manfred, but it's the owners who run the show. They're just a figurehead. They're the ones who are going to take all the heat. Uh, Cashman is the one who deserves more of the blame. This is his team. He's made these acquisitions. Uh, the judge thing, I think I told you many times during the offseason, I love judge. I would not have yeah. paid him. I would not have paid him. So it wasn't for this year, by the way. I thought he'd be fine this year. It was three, four years from now I thought they are going to eat the contract. You know, they have, the Yankees have a lot of bad contracts. Uh, next, the judge is going to be bad. Stanton is bad. Cashman's trade you know, for Donaldson, terrible, right? You know, he couldn't admit that kind of falafel wasn't a shortstop last year. That was a bad deal. Although it looks like now they have him where he should be, a super utility player. I mean, Cashman's had trouble. Uh, Carlos Rodon, right? Does he want to pitch here? I mean, anytime soon he wants the pitch to be nice. You know, injuries have really been the story this season, but Cashman's moves haven't really paid off the last couple of years. I can't argue that. And you were you were on the record stating, too, that if you look at Aaron Judge, it was a slippery slope, wasn't it? Did anybody believe that he was going to maximize the season, or were you paying him, put it this way, I guess the best way of putting it, and anytime you're signing a player to a contract, right, are you paying the player for what he's done, or are you paying the player for what he's going to do? And Aaron Judge has had a hard time staying healthy over the years. He stayed healthy last year. They they were going to be in a bad spot if they didn't re-sign him from a PR standpoint, sort of, depending on what they did with the money. But you can't argue that the money would have been better up divided up. I mean, how much money did Judge and Stanton make combined, right? I mean, for, for the amount of games that they missed when you add it all up. It is a poorly, poorly... Like, you know what I mean? It's so top-heavy. We talk about the Phoenix Suns tonight, George. They're very top-heavy. They got Kevin Durant. They got Chris Paul. They got, like, Devin Booker. And they got no one else. And there's no money for anyone else. And you get these teams in the NBA. They get a few stars, and they think it'll be enough. But they don't have any, they don't have any money left. If you look at the Yankees, Stanton, Judge, Cole, they make a lot of money. Right, and what are you getting from them? We'll, you know, we'll give Cole credit; he's delivered this year. You can't take anything away from him, but it is a strangely built roster. We'll give, we'll, we'll admit that. Yeah, I mean, it, the Yankees are built on their pitching, uh, really dominating, right? Pitching well, and you know, hitting a couple of home runs. That's how you win the game. And with all the injuries, they're down three fifths of their starting rotation, right? Rodon just throwing bullpens now. Severino, they hope to have back maybe mid-May. Uh, Montage, you talked in the All-Star break at the earliest. The bullpen is devastated as well with uh, what Loisic we just found out today as a bone spur. He's gone for a while. Trevino had the start of the season. Uh, what uh, Efros? He's gone with Tommy John surgery. Conley's out. They just put him on a 60-day DL. And all the offensive injuries I've already mentioned. I think they have 13 starters. Uh, or 13 guys who would normally be on their 26-man roster are on the IL. Right? There are very few teams that are going to be able to survive that. Now, I hear some people complaining that Steinbrenner's not spending enough money, but the New York Yankees have the second-highest payroll in baseball at $279 million. 
The New York Mets have the biggest at 346. Uh, then San Diego, 245. Philadelphia, 244. L.A. Dodgers, 225. L.A. Angels, 214. Seems that uh, Toronto Blue Jays, 211. Seems to be a pattern here. It's not a recipe for success automatically spending money, George. They that's spend the, that's, money. That's, they just haven't spent yeah. it well. That's, that's the, the thing. Problem. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, people are ripping Steinbrenner. And it's like, wow, you can't. How can you? How can you rip someone and spend two hundred seventy-nine million dollars on his team? So you're right. And what it gets back to, this is up to Cashman, because if Cashman has two hundred seventy-nine million dollars to play with, he should have a better roster. He should. Actually, the injuries aren't all his fault. Although once again, Stanton gets hurt every year. We know that. Although that's another trade though. We all bash Stanton, but he got, he was always hurt before the trade. But every Yankee fan loved that deal because. The Marlins gave them to us, right? All they want to do is get rid of the contract, and they even ate some of that. We didn't give up. We didn't, the Yankees didn't give up any top prospects here, so we all love the deal. But now we hate it because we're paying the contract, and the man's never healthy. But you knew that coming in, you know. Once again, and that's on Cashman as well, because we all knew this coming in. This is not a surprise that Stanton spends a month on the IL every year. You know, Judge Judge has actually been healthy for three straight years. This is his first time on the IL. No, you're right. You're right. It's a little overblown. You know what's insane? Yeah, it, and I don't, I'm not, you know, it's just crazy. It's mind-blowing, George. The Tampa Bay Rays salary, their payroll is $73 million. <laughs> the Yankees are spending $206 million more dollars than Tampa do. And look at their records. I think uh, Judge Stanton and Cole combined make more than the, the Rays uh, roster, right? Yeah. He's making, what, 36 a year? Stanton somewhere in 20, over 60 right there. And, yeah, certainly uh, Cole's making, what, 20, whatever. So it's easily more than Tampa Bay. It's, Tampa Bay play, uh, listen, they play the game right, right? They play baseball. They play baseball. And they now they have their home. How about game. this, George? Baltimore. Good. Baltimore, the second lowest payroll in baseball, $64 million. So basically, Oakland is the lowest. Oakland's spending $58 million, but he doesn't want to spend any money on the way out. So he's spending $58 million. The Baltimore Orioles, it's an embarrassment. The Angelos family, they just don't care. The team seems to be winning anyways. So uh, Baltimore, $64 million. The Rays win. They're only spending $73 million. And the Pittsburgh Pirates, George, having a great start to the year, spending $75 million. Go Pirates. Go Buckeyes. All right, we'll, uh, we'll talk football, and then we'll get George out on the other side. I want to get George's thoughts on the Pope's draft, Dallas Cowboys. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait. 
You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Set. They got the bug boy on. The bug boy. Yeah. The little fella's been riding his heart out. <laughs> They're gonna break his maiden. <laughs> really? Yeah, but it's a little slow out there. It rained last night. Oh, this baby loves the slop. Loves it. Eats it up. Eats the slop. Born the slop. His father was a mutter. His father was a mutter. His mother was a mutter. His mother was a mutter. What did I just say? Kentucky Derby post positions have been announced. We'll get to that a little bit uh, later on. George Kurtz with us just for a couple more moments. Then Mike Tanier will join us from the New York Times. We have Rick Saratella from the NFL Draft Bible, SportsIllustrated.com, SI.com. So, uh, George, uh, before we get to the NFL Draft with you and your, your NFL thoughts, but um, overnight check at a baseball card here. The Atlanta Braves coming off the doubleheader against the Mets are in Miami. Alcantara's on the hill here for the Fish tomorrow. They're minus 120 against Elder. It's rare to see the Braves as underdogs like this. Plus 102, the total seven and a half. Uh, Master minus 138 on the road against the Detroit Tigers. Total eight and a half. We did hit both those unders tonight. That was nice. Uh, Chicago Cubs uh, minus 142 road favorites against the Nationals. The total's eight and a half again. The Guardians, you mentioned it earlier. So Garrett Cole goes for the Bronx Bombers minus 168. Um, total seven and a half. You think the Yankees get it done with Cole on the hill? He has been money so far this year. And what about the total at under seven and a half? He's been great. Uh, I won't bet against the Yankees. I'll tell you that. Uh, I don't know if I feel great about betting for them. The problem, they still can't score runs. Is Garrett Cole going to hit? I mean, <laughs> they just can't score runs. I don't know much about, uh, was it, uh, Bybee, BB, who's pitching for, uh, uh, for Cleveland, but everyone else has shut the Yankees down. Why shouldn't he? I mean, that, that line was not getting any better tomorrow. But I think the Yankees probably win the game, but I'm not paying minus 168 to do it. But I will take uh, the under on the game because I think uh, Cole shut the Cleveland down, and it smells like a you know a 3-1, 2-1 game of that sort. Uh, Toronto Blue Jays have lost two games in a row. Uh, Bo Bichette's just been on an unbelievable tear, 5-for-5 five five tonight. Uh, Kikuchi goes for the Jays tomorrow, minus 124. Hawk goes for, uh, Hawk goes for, uh, for Boston. Uh, total is 10. In that game, we got the Twins and the White Sox, Baltimore and KC, Angels on the road against the Cardinals, Arizona and the Rangers, San Francisco and Houston once again. Garcia got hurt tonight. Uh, Milwaukee's on the road against Colorado, uh, Cincinnati, San Diego against Seattle, Oakland, uh, Urias on the hill uh, against Strom uh, tomorrow. Dodgers bats have come alive, George. Uh, Bryce Harper coming back tomorrow, too. Yeah, Harper's back. He'll be DHing now. Uh, boy, it seems awfully quick. Hope he stays healthy uh, for Philadelphia there. Uh, tomorrow's the threat. Like I said, uh, Brown going for Houston. He's so much. He's very important now, right? Because all the injuries they have there. Irkwood, he went on the I.O. We, uh, you mentioned Garcia's out now. Brown's an important start tomorrow for Houston. They need him to, I'm not going to say be an ace, but be a good pitcher now. Especially if, uh, once again, they lose Garcia to the I.L. as well here. Uh, Seattle Mariners. Listen, I always look to pick against Oakland. If you... You give me anything less than minus 160 against Oakland, I'm going that direction. I don't care if uh, 
Miller's pitching, and it's not one of their best pitches. Give me Seattle against Oakland. Every day, all day, Oakland's just terrible. Oh, they really are. All right, George Kurtz, um, we, you know, we try to get to as many teams as we possibly can. We're, you know, recapping the draft. The NFL talk is going to start coming back soon. So before we get actually to the Cowboys draft, George, the um, the NFL schedule is going to be released May 11th, but they always say that, and then they leak everything before, right? So by the time the official announcement comes, you sort of know everything. Um, I do believe one of the first reports, it was CBSSports.com, I believe, that reported that uh, the Chiefs are going to play the Bears in Germany. So we know the Chiefs are playing a game in Germany, but they reported the Bears will be the opponent most likely uh, for that. We don't know who the Chiefs' opponent's going to be for the first game of the year, but a couple of interesting tweaks, George, to this, um, and maybe George is aware, but for people tuning in, we're going to have three Monday night doubleheaders this year. Um, So we're going to have three Monday night doubleheaders Monday Night Football will be able to be flexed, but not until Week 12. But from Week 12 out, Monday Night Football will be flexed. And there's going to be a Black Friday game uh, this year. Friday afternoon, November the 24th at 3 o'clock Eastern time. Opponents unknown uh, still yet right now. But I'm a a fan of the Monday Night Doubleheaders. And I know, I guess it's not practical to do it every week, but... I would do it like once a month type. Like to me, it's a no-brainer, George. Like the opening Monday night of the season should be a should be a doubleheader, right? Would you would you agree with that? That's a no-brainer. Listen, as you said, it's not feasible. But if you did it every week, I wouldn't mind. I love I love the uh, doubleheaders. Yeah, East Coast West yeah, Coast game weekends a must. It, you know, so I get it. Like we said, doing it every week would throw teams off. It would be a it would be a logistical problem with the schedule, but. Um, you know, once a month, so pretty much what they're doing. They're doing it three times now, but I can live with it once a month. Um, the Friday afternoon game, George, after Thanksgiving, no problem there because Amazon pays big money for Thursday night football, but they don't get a Thanksgiving game, so they gave them a Black Friday game, and they own Black Friday as it is anyways. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So now they're going to sell them, they're going to sell everything, and now you're going to watch the game on their network. I'll eat my leftover turkey and, uh, you know, watch a football game. No issues. Listen, the more football, the better. Uh, not only anyone's going to complain about this, more football, the better. I got Amazon Prime. No issues. I'm watching. Would you have a problem if the NFL did a weekly Friday night game? Nope. Not at all. Not as in, I just signed up for the, uh, the new YouTube package. I did that uh, yesterday or the day before. What was that, $389? Oh, yeah, the new red, want, red, uh, red Zone and all that. Direct no ticket. Yeah, yeah. You got no choice, right? If you want to watch the games, I'm a Cowboy fan. The only way I can. So if you and get you every, you want every you game, yeah. all that. Three eighty nine. Got to do what you got to do. So you're going to get every NFL game and the red zone for that, right? Yeah, that that's that's the best. I guess the best package you can get. Which listen, I with YouTube, I think it'll be a little bit better with DirecTV because with DirecTV, you can only have it on one device. That's it. Yeah, I guess with YouTube, since it's an online service. You know, if I get 12 laptops, I can watch all, well, whatever, you know, nine one o'clock games. If I have nine laptops, a phone, pads, and everything else, which, believe me, I'll come pretty close to. Yeah, and you can split screens and all kinds of stuff, yeah. right? Like, there's there's ways to do it. You know, a lot of people, some people complain, and then they go, oh, my God, or it's, you know, 300 bucks or this or that, or it's 330 And if you sign up early, it's even cheaper. Like, George, you probably got the early bird, right? There's, like, an early bird special. that. You sign up by, by June 6th, I think it was. It's $100 by June 5th, I guess. Yeah, so you save 100 bucks, big difference. But the thing is, people complain. 
And it's same about like the baseball stuff. Oh, I can't believe the Yankee game or the you know it's on this and it's only on that. It's like yeah, and you know people also complain about paying 120 bucks for cable when you're only watching sports on it, right? You're not even paying. You're paying for a bunch of crap all the time. People are used to getting ripped off by cable companies. They're not used to just paying for on-demand stuff, but it's actually cheaper if you add it up. The way I've always looked at it, Gabe, is that you know back uh, back when I couldn't watch the Cowboys, I you go to a sports bar. You know, if there's a cover charge, you're getting food, you're getting drink, you spend a lot. I mean, back then, I guess yeah, it would have cost you big money, yeah. And you'd have All to go right. out so you, and be a big production. Times that yeah. by whatever, 12 games, that's way more than the, the 365, whatever I'm paying, or it's very close to it. So I don't mind. It's uh, comfort of my own home here. Invite some, uh, some, some friends over. We all get to watch the game. I have no issue with it at all. All right, so as far as the um, as far as the uh, the Cowboys draft is concerned, being a Michigan fan, I am a fan of, uh, of Mozzie Smith. He's a big man, bro. He's like 340 pounds. Six foot three, you're going to be able to plug him on the line. He's hard to move. He's played in big games. He's been well coached uh, with, with Harbaugh and company with Michigan. He's a good football player, solid player. Adds to, listen, man, you know what? You improve that secondary already. Now you improve the line as well. This will help. He'll help move bodies. And you see, like, what the Eagles are doing with their D line. I like this move. Um, I like uh, as well. They brought in the, the the tight end from Michigan as well. Although I would have, what did you think? Did they really want Kincaid and um, and Michael Mayer? There was a lot of talk about Mayer going, so I'm not shocked they went tight end actually. But the the Shoemaker one surprised me a little bit. Uh, I'm not surprised they went tight ends. Uh, taking Schoonmaker over some of the other guys that were available. I know uh, Washington's knee came up as a, a red flag, so that's why he led to a third round to Pittsburgh. Still, he was a surprise that they went with him uh, in that selection. I think I think the Cowboys took football players. Nothing. There's no sizzle here. There's no sex here. These are all football players, which is probably a good thing. But I also think the draft did not fall the way Dallas was hoping it would. I think players were taken earlier than they uh, than they thought. You know, they were like, oh, all the running backs went. All the tight ends went. You know, that sort of thing. So they took uh, the best player on their board. You know, if you believe Dallas, Smith was the 14th-ranked player. Uh, I don't know if I believe that, but that's what they said. And as you, as you already stated, he does serve a need for Dallas. They were bad against the run. Now, theoretically, he should clog that up. Yeah, and it'll free up Parsons as well. Exactly. Right? It, you know, to me, it frees him up just a little bit on the line because Smith is a force. Well, just when you're that big, that Vince Wolfer type and speaking of the Eagles, they just keep stacking up and loading up, George. Normally, teams make the Super Bowl and lose and sort of disappear. I'm not so sure this team's ready to disappear, to be honest. No, they're, they're scary. I mean, them and, uh, and you know, if San Frank gets anything out of their quarterback, those two teams are scary. And Seattle's building that way as well. But uh, Philadelphia's a nightmare right now. Yeah, I like what Seattle did, actually. You know, they needed some more consistency at the wide receiver position. It wasn't just enough having Lockett and Metcalf. I think and, and Smith and the Jigba is really, really, really good. You could argue he was the best wide receiver on the board. So they bring a quality, just sort of feels like a season. the same cut in that same mold actually as Lockett, except more talented. And and then you bring in a DB. Some people thought he was small. People thought that's the one thing with Seattle, George. People thought they were going to go D-line. Some people even thought they would go quarterback and stash the QB and stuff. But they always think outside the box. But you sort of got to give them the benefit of the doubt. They had a great draft last year. And I think they had a good draft again this year, Seattle. I agree. I think they're going to be a problem for San Fran. It won't be a cakewalk in that division today. 
All right, George, thanks for hanging out with us uh, tonight. Mike Tanier will step up and then we'll talk more NFL football. We got Rick Saratella at level three. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. That anchor match for class continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci, Sirius XM Channel 159 on the Sports Grid Radio Networks. Let's talk NFL Draft with Mike Kinnear, New York Times contributor. And don't forget, you can uh, get his, his book, Long Snapper Blues, uh, available in paperback uh, version on uh, Amazon. Uh, Mike, it's always a pleasure, my man. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Always a pleasure. This is it. I'm going to sleep for like... 18 hours after this, this is my last draft phone interview of 2023. Yeah, I guess you're glad that uh, the draft process is over, but we're already looking ahead to 2024. Uh, Caleb Williams, Drake May, and everybody else, Marvin Harrison Jr., and every, everybody else in between. But I, I, you know, I like following you on Twitter, and something that you, uh, something you said about your uh, your grade, uh, your your draft uh, thoughts. Not so much <laughs> the winners and losers and the grades. Because I've said the same thing for years. You can't you can't grade a draft or a trade for a couple of years, right? Like right. it's as simple as that. Like you can't you can't grade something that hasn't happened uh, yet. Right. But we can assess it. <laughs> so draft <laughs> assessments completely different, completely different. So let me let me throw the San Francisco 49ers at you because when I saw that they drafted uh, Jake Moody, the Michigan kicker, with the 99th pick, I said number one. This guy is the new Justin Tucker. Number two, how confident are you in your roster when you say, yeah, we're going to take a kicker with the 99th pick? They feel pretty comfortable with it. Yet I like John Lynch's honesty, which he said the entire room erupted. Their war room erupted when they got Jair Brown. They're like, wow, the whole room erupted. He said, yeah. not everybody erupted when I drafted the kicker. <laughs> I liked his honesty. <laughs> he said it had to be done. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, the answer to how confident in your roster are you, the answer might be too confident. You might be too confident. When you look at some of the people who were still on the board, guys who went in the fourth round, those are guys that could have helped the 49ers. Now, so could Moody, of course. Robbie Gold, 40-41. I think he's done. I don't think he's officially retired. They're not bringing him back. The best way to address a kicker problem is either to go grab another old kicker or to bring three guys to minicamp and just start sifting through them. That's the best way to do it. Unless you really think there's a Justin Tucker out there, and there usually isn't, 
You don't draft a kicker. You don't draft him in the third round. You don't draft him in the fourth round, fifth round. You can talk to me about it in the sixth round, perhaps. So I like the Jair Brown. I think that really I would have erupted too. That was a solid pick at safety, a very uh, a productive safety there. He's going to help them. I think that the 49ers missed an opportunity there to make their roster better. He is a very good kicker. I get it. I understand it. Um, I understand both sides of this. Lynch said yeah. basically that, listen, we've, we're going to be in a lot of close football games, and kicking is a massive part of this, and we think that he's he's that guy. I can tell you as a Michigan fan, this guy really is money, bro. Like, he is okay. money. Like, Harbaugh, Harbaugh would trust him with his firstborn, right, to kick a 54-yarder <laughs> in the wind. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, I'm telling right. you, he, like, Harbaugh would, you know, Harbaugh would go to the grave uh, with this guy. Yet, you know what, man, last time this happened was when Tampa Bay took that kid from Florida State, right, uh, Aguayo, and he yes. was terrible. <laughs> he was he was, well, he was not that good a kicker in college. That was one of the weirdest picks I ever saw. But you're right, Moody, I've seen the kicks. The thing is, who are you trying to catch? The Philadelphia Eagles. What did the Philadelphia Eagles add this weekend? Uh, Jalen Carter, uh, Nolan yeah, Smith. Yeah. Like, like they, they added guys who are going to make it so it's not a close game. They're going to make it so that the final score is, is 31-3. to That's what the Eagles are trying to do. A 49ers team that is out there at that level shouldn't be trying to say, how are we going to win 16-13 to games? They should be saying, either we're going to have Trey Lance or we're going to have a, a healthy um, a Brock Purdy out there. Let's get him another weapon. Let's let's go out and get one more edge rusher so that we get another sack at the five yard line. And TJ Watt will never see a double team in his life. That's the thing they should be saying. Yeah, six round, seven round, that's fine. Go out there and grab four different guys and see if there's an undiscovered Jake Moody out there. Eagles don't worry about their kickers. Forty ers shouldn't worry about theirs either. Something that you said there too, and I said how confident are they in their roster? And you said probably overconfident. You could argue that, and I remember you and I talking about that last year. I mean they could have like a one-armed the guy from the fugitive as their quarterback, and people would be like, "Yeah, but Shanahan and that defense, and you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, they're tough to beat." I think it's. I think it could be a fair question that the Niners, over the past couple of years, are a lot like a lot of people in the betting market and in the media. We've overinflated them. The results aren't there yet. We treat them like they're this unbeatable force all the time. Yeah, they get out there and they get into the playoffs. And they win these playoff games. And it really looks like they have very little margin for error when they win these football games. And yet the same thing happens in the next year. So you wonder how sustainable it is. And, you know, they trade all their picks for Trey Lance, and Trey Lance never plays, and the other kid comes in and they still win. So, uh, and, and that's exactly it. So if that's what's happening, you have to not necessarily tempt fate by doing things like that. You've got to keep saying we're going to swing the, the roll the dice for a position player. It's going to make a difference. And I don't understand what, how what they did there uh, is really going to help them. All right, I'm getting tired of praising the Philadelphia Eagles and everything that yeah. they do all the time. But you know, let's let's give them credit. So, but let me ask you. And normally, normally, you know, we have the Super Bowl hangover. I'm not like the type of guy that always likes to assume that the same thing is going to happen a couple of years in right. a row. That oh yeah, they made it to the Super Bowl last year, so they're going to make it back again. But they are a loaded football team, and they've done a great right. job building this team. Who is the biggest threat to them in the NFC right now? According to the odds makers, it would be San Francisco. Um, I mean, looking at the looking at the odds as far as uh, the Super Bowl odds are concerned, KC are the favorites. Then we got Philadelphia, then Buffalo, then San Francisco, then Cincinnati, then Dallas, then the Jets, then the Ravens. So you notice not too many NFC here teams uh, here. Guys. <laughs> the Detroit Lions. <laughs> the Detroit Lions are actually the third choice to come out of the NFC yeah. to go to the Super Bowl. Who's the biggest threat to the Eagles, in your opinion, right now? 
it would be the Dallas Cowboys because they can kneecap them in the division. Okay, some of these other teams are out there. And one of the reasons some of these other teams have the higher Super Bowl odds right now or, or higher ones is because you can see how easily the Lions could come out of their division. I don't think it's going to be easy for the 49ers because the Seahawks are good, but you can see that there's some wins just sitting there in the division. And then I looked at the division uh, uh, odds right now, Eagles plus 115, Dallas Cowboys plus 175. Now, the Cowboys did not do anything splashy in the draft here, but remember they added Brandon Cooks via free agency. Okay, they, they they did add a good tight end in, in Schumacher to the draft. They they've done those things. So oh, Mozzie Smith's Eagles, a good player too. I like him. Yeah. Add him on the defensive line. Nice player. I think they did a nice job. It's the one thing Jerry's done. Let's give the Cowboys yeah. credit. They've been pretty good in the draft room, haven't they? They have, and you always expect them to do this goofy thing. And this is an example. That's not a, <laughs> that's not a goofy pick. That is a three hundred and some pound rock. And you say he's going to get in there. He can munch double teams. Micah Parsons going to get free because Maggie Smith's in there. Uh, Micah was saying stuff like, "No more quarterback sneaks. No more quarterback sneaks." Because Maggie's in there, so you can see what they're doing. Yeah, he usually has these very solid by the books drafts, and then the next year comes and says, "Oh, is he going to go get Bijan? Is he going to replace Dak?" We all do the same thing with the Cowboys, but that's not what they're about in the draft. What did you think of Bijan to the Falcons as they they go for the they go for the dessert and the buffet all the time first, right? From the Londons <laughs> to the Kyle Pitts. Is that a good way of putting it? Yeah. They bypass, they go right for the dessert all the time. What did you think of Robinson? That is exactly the way of doing it, and that's it. They went out there and got the dessert. They got the player, you know, the Eagles could have gotten and said, well, you know, this guy's going to help us win a Super Bowl right now. The Bengals could have gotten Bijan and said, hey, this guy can help us win a Super Bowl right now. The Falcons get him, and it's like, hey, maybe we can win eight or nine games and win a really bad division with this guy. And I, I think it's a, it's a mistake. I mean, it's different if we want to talk about rookie of the year odds. That's different. You can play, make that play. I think that's a comfortable play. If you want to talk about making a football team better, a running back, in the first round, it's almost always a bad idea. If it's the only way it's justifiable is so that team's already at 13 and 14 wins and can get a marginal improvement. Falcons are nowhere near that team. And also, I'll say this the Falcons ran the ball real well last year with Tyler Algernon and, and, and Cordero Patterson and those guys. They should have looked at their own roster and said, hey, you know, the running back doesn't matter too much. We need defensive ends. We need cornerbacks. We need these other positions, not Bajan Robinson. We're kicking it with Mike Tanier. So what did you think of the uh, Jameer Gibbs pick by the Detroit Lions then with the 12th pick in the draft? I thought that was – I don't want to say idiotic. It was a terrible pick. What happened with the Lions, and I think a lot of people say it, especially in the analytics field, the more they picked, the better their picks got. So they go out and they get Jameer Gibbs, and it's like, that's awful. This is a third down back. This is an Austin Eckler type. You probably could have gotten Austin Eckler in a trade for a fourth-round pick. Instead, you get this kid. He's a fine ball player. He's not going to make a difference. You turn around and you trade DeAndre Smith, who's probably not that different a player. Then they went out and they get the the linebacker. We like Jack Campbell. I like him a lot. He's not a first-round pick in that level. So at the end of the first round, people are howling at the Lions, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Then on day two, they add Hendon Hooker. They add Brian Branch. They had these guys, the quarterback of the future, potentially, you know, first-round talent, safety cornerback like that. And it's like, okay, they kind of know what they're doing. It's the Lions. It's Dan Campbell. They just go about it in their weird way. Who was a team that you liked what they did, and who was a team that you didn't like that they did the most? I am really impressed by the Indianapolis Colts draft. Uh, you know, you go out and you get Anthony Richardson, and, yeah, you know he could go bust. You know it could be a flame out there. The Colts didn't have a lot of choice in the matter. They sat there and they got an unbelievable talent, and then they kept backing it up with great player after great player after great player. A lot of players that I liked along the way. Julian, Julius Brents is a cornerback that I love. He's six foot three, but he can move laterally, et cetera. The young man from Northwestern, whose name I will not butcher right now, has a lot of upside. He was sitting there in the fourth round. Josh Downs, 
falls to the middle of the third round, and there are a lot of teams that needed wide receivers and said, oh, we don't need this kid who you know catches eight, nine, ten passes a game and is always open for North Carolina. He lands in Indianapolis. He could be a go-to guy for Richardson. I love that pick. There's a couple of teams. We talked about the Niners. One team I didn't like is the Washington Commanders. I like the players. I like the cornerbacks. Are we really doing this with Sam Howe? Are we are we really going to go out there and say, hey, there's no challenger for Sam Howe. He six-round pick I last the year. same thing. Right. Do something. Would you think Have another... crazy to bring in Hendon Hooker there and let those two battle it out? I think that that would have made a reasonable amount of sense. I think when Lettuce fell, it's like, why don't you? T- I'm not a big Lettuce fan, but why don't you take a chance? And all these teams that in the fourth, fifth round were like, uh, you know, Tanner McKay, uh, the, you know, uh, Dorian Thompson, all these guys. Those would have been good places for the commanders because they need a plan B if this goes wrong. Because cause Sam Howe is a plan B. He's a plan C. <laughs> so you might as well hedge your bets if you're going to do that. Who was the one of the late quarterbacks that was taken that you thought was a sneaky good pick? Stetson Bennett uh, goes to the Rams earlier than some people thought, but I hammered Bennett to be drafted at minus 130. A lot of quarterback people like Aiden O'Connell, the kid from Purdue, uh, that the Raiders got. I'm a big Jake Hayner guy, and yeah. I swear, man, it's so fitting because I was thinking Hayner to the Raiders maybe in one of these later rounds. Yeah. But Hayner was groomed, of course, went to Fresno, but he went to camps, and the Carr brothers have like mentored this kid. So he ends up with the car. We ends up with Carr after all. It's amazing. Uh, he ends up mm-hmm. in New Orleans. Didn't hate that pick at all to the Saints either. Didn't hate that at all. He's the one who I think might have starter upside, you know, in that weird, like, change-up pitcher, crafty pit, uh, quarterback find a way. He also has, a, I think, a New Orleans background as well, or a Louisiana background. So I kind of like that. I just generally did not like the, the backup quarterbacks this year, those fourth, fifth, sixth-round picks. I didn't love Stetson Bennett. I was trying to get him third round, by the way. I, I got, like, plus 800 on third round. A little <laughs> off. I thought one, one owner, one owner was like, he's a winner. That's all I needed there. O'Connell's a guy... He can't move. He really cannot move. And, you know, people talk about scrambling quarterbacks and, like, well, the scrambling quarterback is risky. None of the scrambling quarterbacks not that risky. He'll run for some first downs. He, he can, like, win one game for you. The guy who can't move at all is risky because you could discover that he's just never going to be able to get out of danger and he's going to be a problem. So I wasn't in love with any of them. I think Hayner is the one that does make the most sense, though. That's why I think Anthony Richardson will be fine because yeah. when if everything breaks down, he's bigger than the linebackers and faster. <laughs> he can run over them or run run past them. Hey, Mike, it's always a pleasure, my man. Thank you for squeezing us in. I know you've done a million hits over the weekend. Get some rest. Uh, we'll catch up with you down the road. Always a pleasure, Mike. You got it. Enjoy the off season. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, I'm, I'm counting down the days for the schedule release, man. Let's go. There's no off season <laughs> in the NFL. You know that. <laughs> the late night anchor management class. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morency. Thanks to Mike Tanier for joining us. New York Times. Rick Saratella will step up in an SI.com NFL draft, a Bible. So the sports books have released NFL win totals. They always uh, wait for the draft, but. As we stated, it's very difficult to to grade drafts. You know, we can talk about what players we like and, you know, the fits and all this, but we don't know who's going to be a star player and who's going to be a failure, who's going to be a success and all that other stuff in between. And even though, and normally I'd be like, oh, man, there's regular season win totals, and we'll get you caught up to date with these numbers. But I personally, I don't think, how the hell can you bet a win total when you haven't seen a schedule yet. You got to see a schedule. Yeah, we know the opponents. I get it. People are going to want to get a head start and all this type of stuff. And I'm pretty much one of those guys. I always want to get the best number. But without being stated, I'm going to have to wait. It's next Thursday. Right? So next Thursday when the NFL schedule is released, and let's be real, it's going to start to drip and leak um, like, like everything else does in this world before – uh, next Thursday fully, but once we know the schedule, so next Thursday we can sort of lock in and go, okay, right? Because, you know, I don't want to be betting. You don't want to bet on a season win total. Every year there's always a couple of teams that totally get screwed with the schedule. Remember, like, the Raiders played seven of their first nine games on the road or overseas and stuff. Like, every once, you know what I mean? Certain teams get screwed over. Certain teams get a better look and stuff. We need to see the schedule, and then we'll pull the trigger. I can tell you right now, there are a couple of intriguing numbers, <laughs> right? No matter what the schedule is. Listen, everybody loves what the Baltimore Ravens have done. They've got Lamar Jackson back in the mix. They bring in Odell Beckham. They draft Zay Flowers. They're going to have a potent offense. As long as they stay healthy on defense, they're going to be a dangerous football team. Their win total right now is eight and a half, but it's shaded to the over of minus 160. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. America. 